Music marks the times of our lives, reminds us of days gone by, and inspires today's and tomorrow's hits. Hi, I'm Dee Dwayne, and welcome to The Real Deal, spotlighting the best music and the biggest artists of yesterday, providing an insight of just what made them so great. The Real Deal recognizes and acknowledges recording artists that have made a noticeable and lasting impact on the art and the industry of music. These are the artists who have truly made a difference that continue to inspire and endure. Rick James exploded on the music scene and his persona and style are still very prevalent in today's music. His vocal power is unmatched and his writing style remains vibrant and is the foundation of a lot of music that you hear today. We are happy and honored to present to you the life and the music of an artist who never gave up on himself and kept his dreams alive through many battles and much adversity. You are about to enjoy the story and the music of a true funk pioneer as we gladly present a one-of-a-kind artist, Mr. Rick James, right here on The Real Deal. James Ambrose Johnson Jr., otherwise known as Rick James, was born on February 1st, 1948 to Mabel Sims and James Ambrose Johnson Sr. One of eight children, James's father, an auto worker, left the family when Rick was 10. His mother was a dancer for Catherine Dunham. From time to time, she would take him to local bars where she worked and Rick got to see performers such as John Coltrane, Miles Davis, and Etta James perform. Influenced by singers such as Marvin Gaye and Smokey Robinson, Rick James started singing in a doo-wop and R&B group as a teenager in his hometown of Buffalo, New York. After entering the U.S. Navy to avoid getting drafted, he found himself ordered to serve in Vietnam. He deserted to Toronto, Canada, where he formed a fusion band called The Minor Birds. The band's lineup once included Bruce Palmer, Neil Young, and Nick St. Nicholas. Rick's tenure with the group was interrupted after he was discovered recording with the group on Motown Records in 1966. Surrendering to military authorities, he served a one-year prison term. Upon his release, he moved to California to resume his duties with the Minor Birds, though eventually the group broke up. Rick James then formed a series of rock bands in California and worked with Motown Records as a songwriter under the assumed name of Ricky Matthews. Here's Rick James discussing the beginning. Well, growing up, I guess I was sort of a ham, you know. I was like always kind of crazy, and you know, always like entertainment, and always like singing, and just kind of joking around. My teacher just said he was, I was going to be a hoodlum. Teacher said he was gonna be a hoodlum. Well, while in Detroit, Rick James met his musical heroes Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder. After meeting Stevie, Stevie told him that he felt that the name Ricky James Matthews was just a little bit too long. Stevie then told James to shorten it to Ricky James. As a staff writer at Motown, he worked with such artists such as The Miracles, Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's, and The Spinners. Now check this out. Around this same time, Rick developed a business friendship with a hairstylist by the name of Jay Sebring who agreed to invest in his music. Well, one night, Mr. Sebring invited Rick and his girlfriend to a party hosted by Sebring's friend, Sharon Tate. Rick claimed that he had a horrible hangover and that forced him to cancel his visit to the house. Call it a guardian angel, but that night, Mr. Sebring, Tate, and their other guests were murdered by members of the Charles Manson family. Wow. In 1976, 
Rick James returned to Buffalo, New York and formed the Stone City Band. In 1977, Rick and the Stone City Band signed a contract with Motown Records, where they began recording their first album in New York. In April of 1978, Rick James released his debut solo album, Come Get It. The album would eventually sell over 2 million copies, and You and I became his first number one R&B hit. My name is Dee Dwayne, and you're listening to The Real Deal.
The Come Get It album launched Rick James's career to worldwide stardom and also helped Motown Records at a time when the label's fortunes had dwindled. Rick labeled his musical style as punk funk, which has been used by artists such as The Temptations, Smokey Robinson, Cameo, The Gap Band, and The Ohio Players. The album also included the hit single Mary Jane, which peaked in the top five on the R&B charts in 1978. Come here, man. Mary, love. Do it, man.
In early 1979, Rick's second album, Busting Out of L7, followed the previous album's success, eventually selling over a million copies. The lead single from the album, Busting Out on Funk, reached the number eight spot on the R&B chart. Well, all right, you squares, it's time you smoke. Fire up this funk and let's have a toe. It'll make you dance with some of everything.
third album, entitled Fire It Up, was released in late 1979 and reached gold status. Around this time, Rick James launched his first headlining tour, the Fire It Up Tour, and agreed to invite the then-upcoming artist Prince, as well as singer Tina Marie, as his opening acts. Rick produced Tina's successful Motown debut album, Wild and Peaceful, and was featured on the hit duet, I'm a Sucker for Your Love. The Fire It Up Tour led to Rick James developing a bitter rivalry with Prince, and he accused Prince of ripping off his act. The bottom line? Well, Rick James was just a little bit jealous of Prince's rising popularity. Here's Rick James as he explains. I was very uh, probably upset with him more than anything, you know, and, you know, like any artist, man, I mean, who comes in, you know, then another artist, you know, comes up and, and kind of like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all this, you got all this adulation from people and stuff, and then all of a sudden you get this other artist who's getting that same thing. I mean, if there, there, there was jealousy, there's going to be jealousy. I mean, it's like a natural thing. I don't think it's a... Um, anything weird out of like any, any musician. I think when a musician has been in business as long as I have, um, uh, you're going to see these things happen. Mm -hmm. And I managed to be one to go through it. I mean, you know, and, uh, and I really don't know. I mean, me and him talk now, and we've, we've already decided his differences, and we've already decided mine. I mean, and that's what I think men should do. Last time I saw him, I said, yo, man, what's happening? Rick James was hot and about to get hotter. Not only was he creating hits for himself, but he was also in high demand to spread some of his production magic with other artists at Motown. In fact, he was asked to produce the next album for Diana Ross. He wrote several songs and in the process, he met, listened to, and decided to produce a then new artist, Tina Marie. His fifth album titled Street Song was released in April of 1981. Give It To Me Baby was the lead song and single from the album and became Rick's second number one single on the R&B chart. The song spent five weeks at the top spot. You're listening to The Real Deal right here on TheHot12.com.
that sweet, that funk is that. Give it to me. Give me that stuff, that funk, that sweet, that funk is that. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me a stuff, that sweet, funk is that. The Street Songs album was Rick James's masterpiece. The album featured a fusion mix of different genres including rock, new wave, as well as Rick's own brand of crossover funk establishing his own style. He called it punk funk. Street Songs peaked at number one R&B, number three pop, and sold over three million copies alone in the United States. His second single, released in July of 1981, became his biggest hit and his signature song. Here it is, here's Super Freak.
That famous saxophone solo right there performed by Danny LaMelle on tenor sax. The song Fire and Desire, a duet performed by Rick and Tina Marie, was not originally released as a single. However, the song received much airplay on R&B radio stations and has since become a classic hit. Rick James and Tina Marie would reunite to perform the song at the 2004 BET Awards. It's been said that the song was written by Rick and spoke specifically of his relationship with Tina. Here's Tina Marie as she recalls their relationship. We ended up dating. We knew we never should have. You know, we never should have, but it was probably really good for the music. Rick was amazing. He was a character. I miss him so much. Um, he was my best friend uh, more than anything. I mean, we were together for not even a year because we just... We just, you know, both of us were arrogant and we were best friends before we dated and, you know, everything that I saw him do before we were together, he tried to do to me once we got together and I was like, um, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> you taught me, <laughs> you can't do this with me, that's not going to work. So we ended up, you know, just always keeping our friendship and more than anything, he was like my brother. At the time Fire and Desire was recorded, Tina Marie was ill and had a major fever while recording it. She sang her part of the song in one take and was then rushed to the nearest hospital. She performed the song flawlessly. Wow. Right, Rick? Wow. Life must be treating you well. Oh, me? Well, I've just been doing the same old thing I've always been doing. You know, I've got a new lady now, and it's a little different than it was when I was with you. You know, I think back to when we met, the way I used to be, and the cold way I used to act. But more than that, I think of how you changed me with your love and sensitivity. Remember when I used to You burn me 
The Temptations sang on Super Freak and Rick James always wanted to produce them. When Motown decided to produce a reunion album on The Temptations, Rick had the perfect song for them. Standing on the Top not only chronicles the ups and downs of show business, but the song went all the way to number 6 on the R&B chart in 1982.
As Rick continued to enjoy the success in his life, he became more and more self-indulgent and destructive. Heavy drug use persisted to the point to where his behavior was out of control and he would alienate those around him. He missed rehearsals, recording sessions, and became at odds with Motown Records. Motown sued Rick James, claiming that his drug-induced state contributed to a lackluster product and they demanded another album. Rick countersued, claimed that he was owed back royalties and that the company tried to steal his successful girl group, the Mary Jane Girls, from him. At the same time, Rick had serious disagreements with his brother Roy, an attorney who was managing his finances. Rick felt that his brother was withholding and squandering money from him. After a five-year battle, Rick James won the case against Motown, receiving a large sum. He also won the right to remove Roy as his power of attorney. My name is Dee Dwayne, and you're listening to The Real Deal as we present the music and the life of Rick James. Okay, let's see how much you really know about Rick James. Here are five things that you, as well as I, probably didn't even know about Rick James. Number one, Rick James originally wrote I'm a Sucker for Your Love for Diana Ross to record. He changed his mind, and the song became a major hit for Tina Marie. Number two, in 1990, MC Hammer sampled the Super Freak opening bass line for use in his hit, You Can't Touch This. Rick James sued, alleging copyright infringement. The case was settled out of court, and both Rick and Hammer were given co-writing credits for the tune. Later, they shared a Grammy Award for Best Rhythm and Blues Song. It was the only Grammy Rick James ever received in his lifetime. Number three. Rick James dated Vanity before Prince. Vanity left him while on tour with Prince as the opening act, and that incident is what started the Prince and Rick James robbery. <laughs> Number four, now check this out. It was Rick James who introduced OJ Simpson to his future wife, Nicole Brown, after she broke up with the singer, Charlie Wilson. Rick was at that time dating Nicole's sister. And number five, the song Fire and Desire was originally recorded with another female singer. Mm-hmm. Rick was mad at Tina at the time and didn't want her to appear on the song after she broke off their two-week engagement. Wow. Here's the bonus fact for you. Rick James' favorite fast food? Guess what it was? Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. My name is Dee Wayne, and you're listening to The Real Deal. Dance With Me was the lead single from Rick's Throwing Down album. Although not as popular as Street Songs, Throwing Down was another certified gold album for Rick James. With appearances by The Temptations, Tina Marie, and Jefferson Airplane Starship lead vocalist Grace Slick. The album was nominated for an American Music Award for Favorite Soul R&B Album in 1982.
Cold-Blooded was written and produced by Rick James in 1983. Rick wrote the song about his relationship with actress Linda Blair. You know, the girl in the movie The Exorcist? Released as a single from the album of the same name, it spent six weeks at number one on the R&B singles chart and reached number 40 on the Hot 100.
Smokey Robinson and Rick James were good friends. They enjoyed spending time as friends and especially enjoyed working together. Included on the Cold-Blooded album, Ebony Eyes was a collaborative effort by Rick James and Smokey Robinson. The song climbed the R&B chart and peaked at number 26. Ebony Eyes remains one of Rick's most notable hits as it was one of the few not to utilize Rick's punk funk style.
James loved all kinds of music. He loved 1960s and 70s rock and was influenced by The Temptations and Smokey Robinson. He was known to relax listening to classical music. He borrowed from all of these genres and developed his own style and approach to songwriting. Rick James went from sleeping on a friend's couch to lodging in some of the most expensive hotels in the world. Rick always believed in himself and never gave up trying to better himself and his music. He suffered a stroke while performing on stage in November of 1998 and through rehabilitation painfully brought himself back to health. He was a husband and a father and enjoyed many close friendships throughout his life. He has traveled the world many times and has sold millions of records worldwide. In fact, his record sales were credited to have saved Motown through turbulent financial times in the 1980s. In 1982, he won an American Music Award for Favorite Soul Album, and in 1990, he and MC Hammer won a Grammy for Best R&B Song, You Can't Touch This. Rick James's music is some of the most sampled music in the world. He fought his own self-indulgent tendencies and drug addiction and was in the process of making a movie, a new album, and a career comeback. Rick James passed away on August 6, 2004, leaving a musical legacy of a fresh and new style of vibrant music. You can just hear his pain and joy in many of the songs that he has written. He was constantly pushing himself to write a better song and be a better person overall. He sometimes lost touch with James Ambrose Johnson Jr. as the haze of being Rick James was very thick and overwhelming. In Buffalo, New York, a passage from one of his songs that was never released is engraved on this tombstone. It reads, I've had it all, I've done it all, I've seen it all, and it's all about love. God is love. My name is D. Dwayne. Thank you for listening. The Real Deal is produced by Melody Productions, and we welcome your comments and ideas for future shows. We'd love to hear from you, so click that Contact Us button on this website and drop us a line. Always keep it real, and thanks again for listening to The Real Deal.